This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Episode 6 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products, Riding Warehouse, and Smooth Stride Jeans. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Thoroughbred Makeover and New Vocations. In today's episode, we get a schooling from Claire Conahan about how young racehorses are trained for their racing careers. We welcome our youngest RRP spotlight rider to date, Savannah Embley, Olympic decorated and second winner of Rolex, now Land Rover, Dorothy Crowell comes on to talk about her secret weapon to winning, the thoroughbred. And stay tuned for our new vocations winner circle adoptable horse of the week. Although I hear there might be a special announcement, you won't want to miss this. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills from still snowing Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, And you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Is it really still snowing there? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I guess we're getting all the rain. You're getting all the snow. Oh my gosh. It was like 70 degrees. And then we had one day where it just decided to snow. And that's when I decided I'm living in the wrong place. Yeah, you need to move, move south. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess with the snow, I, I heard there was some sort of injury to your horse, your little OTTB. So, I love her to death. And she just felt real good in that 70 degree weather and ran up and down her pasture. And I noticed that she had some lower back pain. So now we have matching back injuries. Oh, boy. Good news is... It's nothing too serious, just some sensitivity, which is good. And I had the vet coming on Saturday and she managed to schedule me in for a chiropractor appointment. And I got a saddle fitter for free coming in. So it's a pretty good deal. It's all going to work out. That is great. Well, I've got to update you on the assignment that I had last week because we have had rain. I mean, (laughs) it rained three inches in one day. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I bet your geese are happy though. Yes. Baby geese (laughs) are very happy, but the darn, it's just mud everywhere. It's just muck Mm. and mud. Of course, my horses managed to, with all the rain, we had this new gate put in and like with all the rain, the gate settled and just opened. (laughs) So now I've got your farms haunted. It, it is. It's just, it's just <laughs> craziness. So, so the good news is we have a, we do have a gate by the road. So there's another degree of separation from the road. However, they did not, did not slow down the horses from, of course, not walking. They don't walk. They gallop all the way around my house. So there's divots and hoof prints all over my yard. My husband is super thrilled, but I was saying that with the assignment that I got from Mr. Monty Roberts last episode, I had to begin the journey of trailering baby Groot. He is my makeover horse. And if I trailered him from Oklahoma to Kentucky, he'd probably die because at some point he would have a heart attack because he's so scared of being in the trailer. So we work on loading and unloading, loading and unloading, and that's great. And then we loaded him up and closed him in, opened it up, let him out. And this is all within the past like couple of weeks, uh, loaded him in, closed him up. I turned on the engine. (laughs) and turned off the engine, unloaded him, loaded him up, closed him up, closed the thing, 
put turn on the engine and drove up the driveway and then back down the driveway. It's probably about 40 feet. <laughs> so Aren't these the like moments you wish you far. could just give your horse a shot of whiskey and just say, buckle up, Chuck? Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, it is just, he is just not that kind of horse. If you, oh. we've taken one field trip and I'm watching all these people on the makeover Facebook page, the trainer's page, like, oh, field trip Friday, hashtag. I'm like, ah, oh, I want to punch you guys. Because baby Groot gets really, really unhappy in the trailer. So today was our first actual little drive around the neighborhood. And remember, Monty told me I had to get out and drive a mile How well the, around the block was three miles and so i loaded up the 24 year old been there done that super horse the duke so he goes in there and he is he's a great horse he's a mix of everything and then i put in baby groot whose jockey club name is lost my way and then i put in the other four-year-old off the track thoroughbred that i got about a month ago and he is like the calmest dude around he loads up in the trailer I was with you until maybe adding another young off the well, track. Well, I but... thought, I thought, let me see what happens with him too. Might as well get schooling two for one, you know, put him in the trailer, drive him around too. And of course he gets in the trailer loads like he's loaded a million times because he raced a hundred times and he gets in and he's no big deal. Looks around, starts eating some hay, doesn't care. I drive around the block. I drive, ended up having to be about three miles because coming out and making it all the way around the square it was three miles and I get home. Because the idea was to get him to where he loads in the trailer. No big deal. The trailer's a safe place. And then he goes somewhere, he gets out, and he's home again. So nothing dramatic or life-changing happened. So we drive around the block. I pull back in the driveway. Unload Jockey Club Nuisance. We call him Drax. Nuisance, who's four years old and is like, mm, whatever. Uh, can I go be turned out? No, that was stupid. Why are we here? And then I go to get a baby Groot because he's in the middle Girl, he is lathered and sweaty, oh, and it's oh a cool day, and he is just lathered and <laughs> calling out and so stressed out. So the good news is we unloaded without a hitch, mm -hmm. got him out, put him back out in the pasture, and now maybe tomorrow morning it's going to be a little bit less dramatic. And I can just put him and the old guy in or him and nuisance in and just let them kind Make of his norm. Just make it the norm. Every day we get in the trailer, we drive around for an hour. Now, the, here's what's taken so dang long is that we had so much rain that I, my trailer, I couldn't get it out because it was oh. stuck in all the mud. So I understand we're going to do the, the best we well. can. Yes. Oh. Yes. I'm sure you do. Except for I don't dig mine out like you do with snow. That's so. called cat litter. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so redneck <laughs> that is some snow living right there well hey i just want to thank monty for giving me such great advice on how to do it and i'm i i follow up i do my homework that's what i'm supposed to do so uh we'll see how this goes and one day soon i am going to post in the thoroughbred makeover trainers page hashtag field trip friday and then it's going to be like no big deal and i'm going to post it all the time might hopefully be a little bit closer to now as opposed to closer to the makeover yeah probably your your hashtag field trip shouldn't be the day of traveling to no, the makeover I mean, can you imagine if i just put him in a trailer and drove him 12 hours he'd have a heart attack and die so this is all going to be a little bit better yeah. well i'm glad your horse is getting some pampering there's a lot of horses up bless their hearts they just need it don't they they really do they just need a spa day 
And you know what? That's what I get for having mares. We're all a little extra in that barn, but that's all uh, right. Mine's a gelding. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you're special, you're special. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what is special? Kentucky Performance Products. And oh, I'm really yeah. Oh, man, they are saving my horse's lives. So I want to thank them especially. And let's hear a little bit about him. They had been together for years since he was just a colt. When he got stubborn, she would gently coax him on. When he got scared, she would reassure him and stroke him gently on the neck. She spent hours building his confidence, his strength, his balance, teaching him to dance. Pirouette, passage, piaf, the final salute. The crowd jumped to its feet and cheered. It was the moment they had spent a lifetime training for. But all she could think about was how special he was and how she loved him. This love story is brought to you by Endure Extra, providing high-fat calories, direct-fed microbials, and natural vitamin E to support optimal condition and performance. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, I would like to welcome to the show now a person that is near and dear to my heart because she helped me become a certified Monty Roberts instructor. And you know why? Because she is one, a certified Monty Roberts instructor, Claire Conahan from Ireland. Hey, Claire. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us. Now, uh, you and I have done some things. We've taught some clinics together, but I was on MontyRoberts.com and looking at the other certified instructors and kind of who's on. And I don't think I knew just how involved with the thoroughbreds you have been in your life. Okay. Yeah, no, um, I started back in, I think, 2001 with the thoroughbreds. I went to train as a riding school instructor and the house that I was living in at the time, one of the guys that lived there worked in a racing yard. So I thought, oh, on a Saturday, I don't have much to do. Let's go in and see what this is all about. And I still remember the very first racehorse I rode. It was Loch Ennell was his name. And it's the name of a lake in Ireland. And he was a lovely little chestnut gelding. Well, not so little. I think he was about 16 two or something, but he was one of the smaller horses in that yard. And from then on, I just fell in love with it. I was like, hmm, I think I'll switch from riding school instructor to assistant racehorse training. And I ended up in that particular yard for about six and a half years. And that was a national hunt yard. So that's jumping. And then I switched then and went to a flat yard after that just to see what that was about as well. So Okay, let me stop you. So you, it's just the weekend and you're like, hey, I'm bored. Let me go ride a jump racer. What? Yeah. Just the same thing. I was like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had that thought on a Saturday. Uh, hey, <laughs> let's go ride racehorses over jumps. That sounds fun. No, that's <laughs> amazing. Why? Would, what? Yeah, no, it was so much fun. The yard, I think... Probably because I started in that yard was why I fell in love with it so much. It was Arthur Moore and he had a great group of people that used to work there. And there was, um, I think, about five young kids that used to come in on a Saturday as well. They were still in school. They were only teenagers. I think the youngest one was about 13 and the oldest maybe 15, 16. So they used to come in every Saturday as well and ride the horses. And it was just, it was such a relaxed atmosphere. The horses were so laid back. The work was so laid back. It was just, it was so much fun. They were quite strong though. That was the only thing until you kind of realized how to settle on their back and get them to actually settle down. 
I, I, you know, I spent about a year galloping racehorses on the flat in, in Kentucky and I never figured that out. So if you can figure that out over jumps, that's amazing. Oh, so I didn't actually ride them over the jumps. It was more just, I, I rode them on the flat, just, uh, like their, their prep work, like their training, their everyday fitness. And then the jockeys would come in then on a Wednesday and a Saturday and they'd ride them over the jumps. So I didn't do that with them. Well, Until good. later years. Until <laughs> <So, laughs> later. A little crazier. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I remember in talking to you about this is you also worked kind of in the sales and division and training horses. And that's kind of where I wanted to go was to talk about how people train racehorses before they're racehorses. So the the people that listen to the show are big fans of off the track thoroughbreds. But I'm trying to educate people on like how what the horses have been through before they get to the track. Now, obviously you're a certified Monty Roberts instructor. So you start horses the same way I start horses, but you did not start horses that way back when you worked, I believe starting horses in Ireland for the racetrack. Right. Um, yeah. So the place that I was in was actually quite good. The first race in the yard I was in that he done everything really, really well with the horses and they were sent off to show jumping yards to learn to jump properly and everything I got there. So it was quite good. But I do remember thinking sometimes when I was riding some of the horses going, oh my gosh, who started this horse? Like he's so difficult to get to stop his, you know, he's really strong and you have to pull really hard on the reins and he'd just lean into it and he didn't know how to give to pressure. So from working through the sales, I've kind of realized that from a very young age, at foals of like five months of age, they have a little bit in their mouth when they go to the sales. Mm-hmm. And while people do try to train them to come off pressure on the bit, they don't do it correct. And you have people schooling little foals with a bit in their mouth and you're going, oh. are you kidding me? So then, and the same with yearlings, they have chiffneys in their mouth from such a young age. And by the time they get to the trainer who's going to start them, their mouth is already destroyed. So they don't really have a good chance to start. So that's what I'm quite passionate about, like yourself with the thoroughbreds. But I want to really get into them early on and sort of show people, look, there's a way easier way. And once you've destroyed the mouth, that's it. So you need to maybe try using the dually. And I have looked up the rules of the sales as well and you don't actually have to have a bit in the mouth until they go through the ring because people think oh you have to have a bit in the mouth once they're on the sales grounds but to back it up I've seen horses come from Germany who started like yearlings in natural horsemanship ways and they're wearing just a halter they're walking around with their head nice and low and they're swinging out in their walk and then you have the ones in the chiffneys jumping around like little gazelles and not wanting to do anything they're told so that kind of tells a tale in itself joy do you know what a chiffney bit is i do not and i don't think all our listeners do either okay yeah so why don't you explain what that is because if you have seen any horses in america go through a sale at keeneland at uh fazic tipton any of the sales barns they all wear this they're even shown in hand in this but mainly they wear these when they go into the ring yeah, so the chiffney is like a little thin straight metal bar with a rounded 
bar below that goes under the chin. It's for the best way I can describe it. It's kind of like a, like a D shape if you were to look at it. And if you think of it like the straight oh, part fits into the mouth. I just Googled it. That's so strange looking. Yeah. And it's awful. Oh. It's so sharp. And the thing is, people often, they don't use it correctly either. They, they use it in a way to sort of, most of the time it's control. true fear when people have to use yeah. that. Yeah. For control. And then the lip chains, that's even worse again. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, see, the lip chains, when I worked at the track, were not a thing. Nobody put a lip chain on a horse. Now you can't see a racehorse walking around without a lip chain on. And, of course, that's a chain that goes, you know, just a chain shank, and they put it under the horse's lip and clip it on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. And so these are things that, you know, your horses have dealt with and then say you get this horse off the track and you're like oh my gosh why is he so hard why is his mouth so tough well let me tell you why well actually claire's telling you why (laughs) because (laughs) these terrible pits and no seriously go look at any sales ring still Mm. today in keeneland this is a very like barbaric kind of archaic way that they do things now on that you have been making strides in the in the the world to change all of that yeah so I'm trying to introduce Monty's methods more into earlier in the horse's life like the foals and the yearlings and show people that you don't need to be harsh with them and you know the the main horse that I see the biggest difference with is the colts they really really love a softer hand and like they love if you can just be straight with them if you're firm when you need to be and the rest of the time you're soft with them and at the end of the day too, allow them to be horses allow them to be babies oh my gosh it's like one of the number one questions I get asked by people is how do I stop my colt from biting me well number one get out of his space it's like putting a little toy in front of a child and saying don't play with that I know I'm dangling in front of you but don't play with it so if you can get out of his space and only correct when you need to correct and definitely don't get into a fight with them because then they just think it's a game and then it becomes a resistance thing then and it's just crazy. Well, here's our training tip, Joy. If you don't want your horse to bite you, don't put your, you know, people no always kidding. say, is he going to bite me if they're giving him a cat? I don't know. Don't put your finger in his mouth. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you're going to treat your horse, if you're going to treat him, make sure you drop it in a bucket. Don't yes. put your hand there. Like common sense. Common I'm sense. Shocked my horses learned to bite me. Here's another cookie, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's very true. So anyway, now I heard that all of your interest and and basically you're trying to change the world as as we know it or as Ireland knows it, especially for the young racehorse. There's a maybe a particular horse that made you have this love. Yes, absolutely. So in one of the racing yards that I worked in, I used to ride a horse called Slayer. And he was a two-year-old colt. Well, he was actually a yearling when I met him first. I remember the first day I met him and he was the sweetest little thing I ever seen. And uh, so I just fell in love with him and I started riding him then and he was just a little sweetheart. So the guys told me then, they were like, this bloody horse you're gonna have to feed him because he's too difficult he tries to kick everybody when they go in to feed him and I'm like what so I would go in and he'd stick his head in the feed bucket and he'd walk to the pot with me and totally fine and uh, the lady who owned him was quite happy with the way I got on with him so I was able to stay looking after him because generally girls aren't supposed to look after the two-year-old colts because they can become a little bit 
cultish as they yes, say but true. i got on my really well with wants to be my boyfriend so yeah i understand <laughs> yeah exactly and they think they were too soft to deal with them and stuff like that there but i got on really well with him so i was lucky enough to look after him however his racing didn't really take off on the flat he hadn't got the turn of foot more i think it was more in his head for me that he wasn't really he didn't have the fight to be a racehorse as such and so he was sold to England and he went riding over jumps and so I got wind of where he was and I rang the trainer and I was like oh I used to look after this horse and if his racing career doesn't work out would you give me first refusal and he was like oh this is wonderful that you actually care about him afterwards and so I had him on horse tracker so it's a a website that you can go on where you can put out the name of a horse and you get a, an alert every time they run. So every time he raced, I was like, well, <laughs> I'd ring up the trainer again. And I think eventually he was like, oh, my gosh, just give him to her. <laughs> so I got a phone call. <laughs> I got a phone call at one stage to say that um, he was mine. I just had to get his way home from England. And then one of the agents got wind of this and he decided, oh, let's make some money out of this girl that loves this horse so much. And they told me that he was going to be sold the next day for £800 and that a lady down the road wanted to buy him. Here's me. No, 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 please don't. I'll put the money in your account and I'll have their transport arranged from tomorrow. So anyway, I got I went to meet him off the trailer when he came back from England and I could not believe the horse that was in front of me. When I looked after him, he was so fat and all the time the trainer would say to me, he needs to be taken off the straw bed and he had to go on paper. I had to cut his hay. He was such a little fatty. And um, (laughs) so when he came back, I just couldn't believe it. He was so thin, like really, really race fit thin. And as soon as I got him at home into the stable, he was grabbing the wheelbarrow and windsucking. And he just, I tried to, you know, get him to cope into being back into a natural life again and try and turn him out as much as possible. He'd be out for an hour and he'd be walking the fence. And I mean, walking himself into a sweat I was like, what am I going to do? Like, so I had to bring him in and he spent quite a lot of his life in and only out as much as I could manage to turn him out, you know, without him losing his life. So when I found out about um, a join up course that Caroline Jennings was doing down in Kildare, I called her up to see if I could bring my horse down and she, she said yes. And so I packed Slayer into the trailer and off we went to Kildare done the join up class and from there I was like right I'm on a journey I want to find out more about how the horse's mind works and how we can prevent this kind of thing happening to other horses if people can be educated better in the beginning so he's my little guy that sent me on my journey so Uh, he obviously was very special to you Yes, extremely. He was such a sweet nature. I don't understand how other people didn't get on with him. He don't join up with the kids. He was like the sweetest guy that anyone Aww. could ever handle. Um, but he was a little bit quirky. He was a little bit spooky at stuff, but as safe as a house to ride. So I put him back into training again and done all the work with him myself. I used to ride him every day and I entered him to a couple of races and I got my license so on my Facebook, there's actually a picture of me jumping out of the stalls in between Nina Carberry and Katie Walsh, who are like the leading female jockeys in Ireland at the time. So that was pretty cool. And then Get out. you became Aww. his jockey, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. You're so much cooler than <laughs> like I a movie. Realized. I know. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like, <laughs> I love it. 
That's great. Well, we were never going to win. We were just going to run around and kind of have our day at the races. And we went to the Galway Festival as well. I rode them there too and had such a great time. I'll never forget coming up the hill in Galway because I was as weak as a kitten. You know, people have to say <laughs> you need to be really fit to ride in races. And I was like, yes. well, I ride about six horses every day over a couple of miles at a time. I'm sure it'd be fine to do this. Oh my gosh. When I went up that hill, I just had to drop the reins and let him come home. In his own. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, Claire, where can people, aside from moneyroberts.com, where can people go to find out more? You have a website? Yes, I have a website and my website's called allaboutthehorse.ie. Dot IE. And you can find her on Facebook as well. Claire yes. Conahan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank this is so fun. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, hey, we all know that the Land Rover Kentucky three-day event presented by Mars Equestrian. Did I get that right? Land Rover Kentucky three-day event presented by Mars Equestrian is coming up. And we are going to be there. The Horse Radio Network is going to be there. Joy and I are going to be there from Retired Racehorse Radio. And there's some places that you can find us and some of the other hosts as well. You can run up to our producer, Glenn. Glenn, say hi. Hi, I'll be there. Jennifer, Coach Jen will be there too. Yeah, so you can run up to Glenn so you can kick him in the shin and then you can give Joy a hug. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the website is horseradionetwork.com slash Kentucky. And that's where you can find all of the meetups and all the different events. The Heels Down Happy Hours girls are going to be there. Watch out. They'll be doing some drinking, I'm sure. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to meet up before the the first horse goes out on cross country. You can find out all about that. And, of course, we'll talk a little bit more about the new vocations meetup that we're going to do, the Open Barn and Barbecue. And I have to throw in there that two of our hosts, Joe Meyer and also Liz Holiday Sharp are riding. So they'll both be riding. They're the hosts yeah. of the eventing radio show. They're so cool. They're so much cooler than us. We'll just be at the bar. <laughs> them and Max Cochran, yeah. by the way, is grooming for, for Joe Myers. So she'll be there Max as well. Max is grooming for Joe? That's yep. awesome. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Well, cool. Find it all at horseradionetwork.com slash Kentucky. Well, it's that amazing time for equestrian must-haves with riding warehouse and i'm so excited to bring sonia back on because it's an exciting week sonia we have land rover kentucky this week and you have some landover favorites to talk to us about today yeah definitely thanks for having us back again and i don't know about you but we think land rover week is one of the best weeks of the entire year we actually have a few riding warehouse crew members over there right now scoping out the scene to see if there's any opportunity for us to be a vendor there in the future and That's one of our exciting. sponsored riders, Andrea Baxter, is there right now with her Mayor Indy 500. So we're super excited to see them go, especially from that West Coast appreciation. But anyway, in light of all this and in the spirit of Land Rover, we want to briefly touch on some of our Land, Land Rover favorites. So here we go. First up, we just got in a really impressive new heart rate monitor by a company called Hylifit. We we're really sad to see Polar stop making equine heart rate monitors but we think Hylifit honestly offers so much more. First off, it's wireless, which is super important. I don't know if you've ever ridden in a heart rate monitor, but having the wires there can be a real drag. So no more cords dangling around your saddle. It gives you heart rate for both horse and rider. Very and cool. for real-time, yeah, for sure. And for real-time feedback when you ride, it easily hooks up to your smartwatch. And for us, we think the most important and impressive part is the app. 
the insights and data you get off of this thing are absolutely unreal. And whether you compete or not, it's a wonderful training tool. And it really goes a long way in getting you more in tune with your horse. A couple of riders are actually using it at Land Rover. And Hylofit has a booth set up there if you're on site and interested in learning more. That's awesome, Sonia. So I just love seeing like how technology is making its way into the horse world. Because I mean, with so many young riders coming up too, it's just more and more accessible, which is great. And so what else do you have? I mean, you have a couple of items. It looks like we have a bridle as well. Yeah. So in the task department, none finer, just completely revamped their brand. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with none finer, but if you've been eventing, you've probably heard of them. I'm pretty sure I still have a 1990s hunting breast plate tucked away somewhere in my talk box. Wow. That's that's high quality then. (laughs) Right. Uh, but yeah, they're jumping on that anatomic bridal train. I know we talked about Shockable in previous times, but Nunfiner's on you know the same bag- bandwagon as well. Mm-hmm. Really known for their exceptionally long-lasting bridles, so we're excited to see that kind of brand revamp. And the last thing that we want to touch on is the stirrups department. So in the spirit of Land Rover, we want to give a special shout out to Free Jump Stirrups. This is a super big brand in Europe and in that European eventing scene. And they just released a more lightweight version of their popular soft up mono branch safety stirrup. And this brand is actually known most for comfort. And if you ever have, you know, bad knees or anything like that, if you're galloping for long amounts of time, it really goes a long way. And I actually tried these out myself and, and boy, the, the difference in my natural lower leg position was profound. I'd, you know, my coach always yells at me for getting my leg too far forward, but these just put me right where I was supposed to be. That certainly sounds like an inventor's must-have right there. So make sure to check out all these amazing products and everything else at ridingwarehouse.com. And don't forget, we have our hashtag MyOTTB story giveaway. Right now, go to our Instagram or you can follow on Facebook. Look for the original post under Riding Warehouse. It's a perfect opportunity to tell your OTTB transformation stories and the winner gets to share their story with us on Retired Racehorse Radio, as well as get some sweet prizes, including some swag bags, gift cards, and a lots of amazing things, including tickets to the Thoroughbred Makeover. You get to meet me and Jamie. We know that's a dream come true. So make sure to check it all out. And again, follow Riding Warehouse on ridingwarehouse.com. Well, y'all, Dorothy Crowell is kind enough to join us today. And of course, she is a very decorated rider, trainer, a WEG medalist, an Olympian. And of course, she did all of those things on none other than an off-the-track thoroughbred. Hello, Dorothy. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's start with Molokai. Let's let's start with the dream horse. I mean, can I, for those who don't know or are coming up and just getting into thoroughbreds, tell everybody about Molokai. I mean, that's a very big, broad question, but let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Molokai, I called him the Michael Jordan of three-day eventing. He was uh, an all-around athlete. He had the heart that you always hear about, you know, big heart and, and the hard, uh, serious work ethic for a horse. And he, uh, he, he also was a caretaker. He was a sweet horse. He, he loved people. I mean, the, when he was, he was lucky enough to be a briar horse, uh, the mm-hmm. models and, and when he was there for his briar horse presentation, the the kids that would come up and swarm around him, you know, he just loved it. He loved every minute of it. So he was that 
all around horse. But the main thing about Malachi is I, I know I've already forgotten how amazing his jump felt. Mm-hmm. I can say that for sure because during his career, he had to have almost two years off due to injury and recuperation. And during that time, I was riding other horses. And the first time I got to jump him after nearly two years off, I, I, I nearly broke down into tears because I had, even in just those two years, forgotten just how amazing his jump felt compared to any other horse. I mean, he was definitely the horse of a lifetime. Where did you get yeah. him? Did you get him directly off the track or from somebody? Yes, I did both. I, I got him from the Mangiones, who used to own the uh, Paris Tech Shop at, in at the Paris, well, in Kentucky, in the training center. The training center Paris right there, Kentucky. yeah. Yes, yep. And they, and they were kind enough to let me work the sales for two or three years to pay him off. <laughs> and <laughs> and yeah, he he was from the moment. I got on him. He, it was just that simpatico relationship that you're lucky enough to feel a few times in life from the moment you meet a person or an animal, you know that they are uh, meant to be part of your life. Oh my gosh. I, that's just so emotional right now. I, I love it. it. But what made you pick an off the track thoroughbred? What drew you to that's the next horse I'm going to have? I can't really clearly define it. I, I had I went to look at him with a student of mine who called me because she wanted to go look at him and she was intimidated by him and not particularly interested. But when I got on him, it just, it, I don't know. It was just, hello, hello. You just, I just immediately felt this line of communication. I spent the next 15 years trying to learn how to ride his athleticism sometimes successfully, sometimes not. Um, But as far as the communication, the conversation that you have with a horse, with Malachi, it was always entertaining. It was always fun. It was fun to communicate with him, whether you were on his back or on the ground. He was that special personality. If you were a person you would want your daughter to marry him. (laughs) (laughs) That that kind of super person. (laughs) So, so I have a story. uh, Actually, I used to teach, oh gosh, a million years ago, I used to teach riding lessons at a farm in Lexington called Champagne Run. And oh yeah. Yeah. And I remember we would be like, Dorothy's here because you would do trot sets at (laughs) Champagne Run with Mo. And you would, while you're on this horse that you're getting fit for Rolex. Here you are ponying two others at the same time as riding this monster event horse. What a relationship you guys must have had. Yes. Yeah. It it was it it was and as I've gotten, you know, farther away from it and ridden so many other horses that and I've ridden some really, really nice and wonderful horses uh since Molokai. But I I now understand just how special it was. At that time, he was my first advanced horse. He was my first team horse. He was my first, used to be called four-star, now five-star horse. He was my first badminton, my first Burley, my first Rolex Kentucky Mm -hmm. three-day event. You know, he was that horse. So now as I've gone on and done it with other horses, no matter how wonderful they are, I realize how amazing, how just, flat amazing he was and he was truly amazing don't it's be hard on ability, yourself 
I don't think you ever took him for granted, okay? <laughs> oh, no, I did not. And I, 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 you know, I, I am proud of the fact that I was able to steward his, his athleticism and his talent for so many years, you know, mm-hmm. for, for a long, long career, especially in the long format era. But, um, but the big thing about Mo is the biggest thing is you could be three and a half strides away from a fence knowing you needed to get up to the fence, knowing that you couldn't take the long one, right? Mm -hmm. But you also couldn't take the tug. And on that horse, all you had to do was breathe out. And that three and a half stride would become three strides and he'd get right to the base and jump around it. When normal horses, when you're three and a half strides away and you need to move up to it, they, they might get there, but they're stretched out, they're long, they're flat, they're not metal. He, he, all you had to do is breathe. <laughs> that Very is obvious amazing. why he was Ridiculous. inducted into the eventing hall of fame. I mean, yeah. the, you make yeah. it sound like poetry. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Ah. Did, did you know that was, how much success you two were going to have together when you saw him? No. Did you have any idea? No, it no. When the main thing, the main reason that I worked so hard to get him was that communication, that, that 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 I was talking about for that that wanting to be his friend, wanting him to be in my life. That that's what it was about. I hadn't I had no idea. Now my other little Mo story is his first cross country school. We took him out and he had a babysitter, which means he had somebody to lead him over things he was worried about. Well, first of all, he never used the babysitter, didn't need that at all. And we were done. We we'd done all the little baby baby things, gone in the water and over the ditch, and we were hacking. And we were just walking next to each other, talking, when suddenly he walked away. You know, he's a four-year-old off the track. He walks away from his babysitter. And I'm talking to her, like, turning over my shoulder, going, I have no idea where he's going. <laughs> then he picks up a trot, right? And I turn to look, like, what is this horse doing? Where is he going? And he's trotting towards a training-level oxer in between two trees. Now, he's Aww. done little starter logs on the ground. That's it. And I start laughing, like, yeah, right. Like, you're going to do that. And so I kind of got behind the, you know, in the defensive position, waiting for him to put on the brakes. And he picked up a canner. And then I start grabbing rain, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are you doing? And then he did that move that I was telling you about. We were a good, you know, maybe four strides away. And the next thing I knew, we were in the air. And, and because it was big, he probably put about the biggest jump he had, which was extravagant. And he jumped me so far out of the tack, I lost stirrups, I lost reins. I landed grabbing oh. for horse flesh somewhere on the backside. <laughs> and and he then, with me sort of grabbing onto neck and mane and, and saddle wherever I could, went as fast as he could go. Which was oh, and so by the time I got pulled up and my life had flashed in front of my eyes about five times and the person on the babysitter was looking horrified and amazed at the same time, I said, okay, well, if it takes more than that to be an upper level event horse, I don't want to do it. <laughs> oh, wow. He sounds like that, such so. an amazing horse. Oh, my God. <laughs> How so, funny. And your babysitter, by the way, did you tell her what a terrible job she was doing? No I kidding. mean, my God, where were you? 
<laughs> supposed to be over she here. She was kind of horrified. She was kind of <laughs> horrified. What just happened? I think he really likes the new job we've showed him. He yeah. obviously really enjoys jumping cross country. And He's in. wanted to go He's do in. something oh. a little bigger. He just wanted to show you that he could do it. He had to prove to you. Oh, he did. Oh, it was no. not the first, it was not the last time he jumped me out of the tax, by the way, but maybe the most <laughs> extravagant. <laughs> oh. Well, the love that you obviously have for him, was he a big inspiration for your work today as the president of the yeah. Makers Mark Secretariat Center? Tell us a bit about that, the this, uh, restart program you have. Oh, well, the way that Susanna was able to convince me to become part of that program was when she showed me what she was doing with these thoroughbreds, which was very similar to what I do in my barn every day. She, she got some off the track and the first they get evaluated and she attends to their physical and emotional needs first before mm-hmm. she works on trying to find the new home, trying to retrain them. Try, you know, she thinks that's the most important first step that you can take. And that is, you know, that's been what I've done for 30 years that if a horse needs to be turned out for six months, they need to be turned out for six months. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're in a hurry or not. And, and once I realized she was willing to approach it from that angle, then I was very enthusiastic about being part of, of that program. And Susanna also has an amazing ability to read a young horse and, and predict their personality, their potential. And she also is quite good at matching. You know, she can also read a person and, and she'll say, you would be great with this horse. And almost every time they are great together. And that is a really special attribute for a horse person that is in the business of adopting out uh, young horses. So for those two reasons, I, I was very excited to be part of the uh, the maker, sorry, the Baker's Mark Secretariat Center and I'm very excited about its future in the, in the horse industry. And anything titled Maker's Mark, you're a Kentucky girl. I mean, you have to be involved with that. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You got it. Yes, ma'am. Is it weird that I'm on Amazon right now looking for Molokai Briars? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, um, a friend of mine uh, sent me a picture of one that she saw in in this, this, you know, you're old. (laughs) You know, you're old when. A friend of mine sent me a picture of the Molokai Celebration Briar Horse with the blanket and everything that she saw in an antique shop in Ocala, oh, Florida. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh well. <laughs> so I love the memories, but yeah, it was yeah. When when you have students who have children who have had children. Oh God! That are your students, you know. You're you're teaching the grandchildren, then you it's like, okay. You're old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not out, girl, because you are going to be in the retired racehorse project this year. You're doing yeah. the makeover. Tell us about your makeover yeah. horse. Oh, Jasmine's gem belongs to Mary Sullivan, and uh, was I was introduced uh, to both the horse and the owner by Susie Shoemaker of Brass Lantern Farm. And she, she's a pretty special little, I, you know, I like her. I like her a lot. She's very, very smart. She is fun to have a conversation with. She seems to be athletic. She's very opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and I've I've had a really really fun time working with her up to this point. So I I'm looking forward. She's done she's done her very first jump with a human on her back. I normally jump them in hand first. I I've, I try as much as possible to introduce them to new things without the interference of the human. Mm-hmm. So if possible, I long line them and teach them how to change directions and and move around and and do transitions and and go up and down and you know I'll take them out and do cross country on the long line and go up and down the bank and over ditches and stuff that way first before you include the the sometimes not perfect uh interference of of a rider and I find it it makes like her first jump she was she was pretty bored she'd already done gymnastics in hand two or three times so when she went through the same gymnastics with a person on their back she was yeah okay Big that's deal. interesting all, you say <laughs> that's interesting you say you long line them i mean i'm a huge yeah. fan of long lining i'm not a huge fan of lunging but the the amount of skill it takes to long line a horse over a jump especially yeah, cross no country kidding. well no no you know we're not galloping we're just walk trotting and popping so mm-hmm. you just walk up to a little a little bank and 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 walk up with them you, you know you just step up around you walk same thing going down it 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 doesn't take any more skill. If you can long line a horse and, you know, do more than just a circle, you know, if you can do a square or you can do a rectangle or you can change directions, then if you can change directions at the trot on long lines, you can, you can take them over a little. These are tiny, little, little tiny jumps. I just use the blocks so they don't get caught on anything. And, uh, and you, I mean, we had her, we, we set up her last gymnastics that she did was, bunch of rails and then she had an x bounce to an x uh one stride to an oxer went, went right through it beautifully I, I love doing it that way that's yeah, super i, I used I like to do it with mo i used yeah, to what a great way to build really where it got, well and it it was with with mo there were a few times when he had a sore back um and we were doing lots of lunging and we got bored and that's when we started jumping i did all kinds i jumped corners I did corners with him. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is a very so, special horse. He honed in on the middle yeah. of it though and went right for it. There yeah. was no cheat in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now yep, you got it. Are you going to event this little filly? That is the plan. I, I we're going to let her tell us, which is the other thing I, you know, really appreciate about the Maker's Mark Secretary Center and their program is we try to let the horses tell us what they're best at doing. Yes. So she's going to tell mm-hmm. me and, her owner, Mary, is perfectly willing for her to do what she wants to do, but I'm hoping. She seems pretty brave. I think she's going to be, I think I think she's going to do eventing, yes. Well, we will I see you so. there at yeah, the, yeah, we're going to do wait. some broadcasting from there. I've got a horse entered and I'm just really glad that I was hoping you weren't going to be competing against me. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you doing? I don't know yet. Like, like you said, I'm kind of letting yeah. my horse tell me, I, I think he's, he's four, he's turned four in January, but man, he is a baby. It's like, he's two years old. So I don't think mentally, physically, he'll be ready to, to, to brave cross country. That is my preferred sport, of course, eventing, but I yeah. think we'll just have to figure out what he wants to do. And maybe, I don't know, we'll do freestyle or something, something I've never done before, but it looks, you Fun. know, something that something yeah. he tells me he wants to do. It's kind of same as you. Super. Good. Well, we Absolutely. look forward to seeing you there. And I can't thank you enough for coming on yes. 
thank retired you so Racehorse much, Radio. Lindsay. Yeah, and sh- and, and oh. sharing with us such cool stories. Oh, I love talking about Molokai anytime. <laughs> <laughs> anytime. And the and racehorses, I uh, they they deserve all the publicity we can give them. So absolutely. Well, Joy, I saw that you got a special package in the mail. Tell me about your smooth stride jeans. Oh, my gosh. So, as a dressage rider, I'm a bit of a breech snob. I love my pacures. I love ovation. So, I was a little hesitant to try something that wasn't my standard breech type, which is, like, tight as tight can get. Like, probably too tight, but my husband likes it, so it's fine. Um so to try a jean, I was like, I don't know about this. Oh my gosh, Jamie, it was life-changing. It was absolutely life-changing. So I go out, <laughs> I go to the barn, I got several lessons done. I got to work on my horses and it was just so comfortable to wear. And the best part is, you know, I didn't want to put on my tall boots. I just wore my paddock boots and I didn't have to put on half chaps. And I know some people love their half chaps. To me, it's annoying. It's an extra set of clothes. It's extra time and it's more buttons and zippers and I don't want to yeah. deal with it. I have actually worn my half chaps on top of my smooth strides. So I just fold them over like that. They're kind of boot cut, but you know, you just fold them over and put your half chaps on. So you can yeah. do it, but you don't have to because you if you get... It. But if it, you're lazy like Joy, you don't <laughs> have to. <laughs> now, what I really, really like about them, obviously the cell phone pocket on the thigh is pretty awesome, but there's a micro suede like where you put on your pants, a button, it's a micro suede top. So it doesn't slide down. It kind of hugs your skin. And, um, I just found out from Desiree who owns the company that that micro suede that is inside your jeans is made out of, are you sitting down recycled plastic bottles? Oh my gosh. That makes me love this even more. Right? I know. They're pre-shrunk. No they don't idea. get puffy and bag out. And they're made from recycled plastic bottles. Absolutely. That's oh my the gosh. coolest part of it. You know what? Just a great product all the way around. And then like right after the barn, which I know some people might be horrified. Not judge me people. all you want. Not our people I know, who right? are listening. But you <laughs> know, I went and ran errands in town and then I came back and did like five hours of yard work in my smooth stride jeans and they were still held up great. It was super comfortable the entire time. And yeah, I'm sold. I'm, I'm really impressed with this product. Smoothstride.com is where you need to go to find them again. That's smoothstride.com. Well, I am so excited because we have our youngest today spotlight rider, Savannah Embley on with us today. Hi, Savannah. Hi. So tell me you're 12 years old. Uh, what yeah. grade are you in? I'm, I'm in seventh so grade. Seventh grade. And you're going to be competing in the Retired Racehorse Project Thoroughbred Makeover this year. Yes, I'm excited about it. Yeah. How did you get into this? Is this your first time? It is. Okay. So what made you decide to do this? Well, every year my mom and I get like one or two horses off the track and we'll teach them to jump and then we'll find them forever home. So we've always really been like working with like thoroughbreds. Mm -hmm. And so like we, uh, some of our friends did the retired racehorse project and told us about it. So that's how we found out about it. And we decided that we wanted to do it. So very casually thought about that. I love it though. That's exciting. (laughs) Okay, Savannah. So you're, starting with the retired racehorse project, but you said that you and your mom pick up thoroughbreds all the time. Have you been around thoroughbreds your whole life then? How long have you been riding? 
Um, I've been riding most of my life. I I was riding a little bit before we moved to Kentucky, but I really started riding when I was five and we moved to Kentucky, and that's when I got my first pony. But we lived on two thoroughbred breeding farms, so because my mom was a vet, and but so I've always been like working with them. So tell us about the horse that you are taking to the makeover this year. So originally we had a horse, but he was ours. We got him as a yearling at Keeneland when he had EPM. We saved him and we raced him, but he called it recently and passed away. So we went to the National Thoroughbred Welfare Organization and we got Heaven's Hideaway. He's a 2014 Chestnut Gelding by Runaway and Hyde at a Mandy's Classic, who's by Sky Classic. Wow. And he's so amazing. His personality is so good. Oh. And his personality is kind of like there are other, are other thoroughbred. Oh, my gosh. Well, first off, let me tell you, I'm so sorry. I want to give you a big hug, but good on you for offering another horse a chance. So quickly, too. I mean, that takes a lot of bravery, and it, it takes does. somebody who has the heart of a champion, and obviously you do, and thank you for saving the horse. Yeah. What was this uh, horse's name? He, he's um, Heaven's Hideaway. Heaven's, Heaven's Hideaway. The, oh. the, the one we just got is Heaven's Hideaway. And what are you planning to do? Do you know what your division might be in the makeover? So, I've only ridden him twice, but... We think we'll most likely do the hunters and the jumpers, but I can tell you we will not be doing polo because he is a giant. Oh my God. Wait, <laughs> hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You polo? No, oh, she's saying she's like, not doing he, polo. Oh, because I was like, oh my gosh, what doesn't this girl? You're no, way more accomplished no, than I ever was at 12. No, we definitely <laughs> won't. He's so tall. Okay. So he's so, how big is he? Probably. Like sixteen two, sixteen three. Okay. He he's and just like right right now, like he just shipped a while from Louisiana. Like he's probably been in Kentucky for like three or four days. But mm-hmm. he's like like he looks he looks really tall because he's really skinny. Uh-huh. Like okay. so he's still and racing. he's really tucked up. Gotcha. So how tall are you then if you're riding this big old sixteen three hand monster? <laughs> I'm like five, four. Uh, oh my God. You're taller than me. What? God, I'm so small. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. So you're going to look yeah. great up there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you'll, you'll take him up. No problem. That's great. Well, cool. I'm glad. You know what I am here? Here's the deal, Joy. I got to tell you, I'm just glad she's not competing against me because I'm definitely not going in the hunters or jumpers. No. So I'm safe. For now, for now, now. she'll come after you next time. (laughs) I'm just glad I'm not competing against her because a 12 year old little dynamo girl, you get in there and you kick some butt. Listen, I'm, I'm excited to meet you. I'm excited to see you. Joy and I are going to be there. I'm competing. So we'll be cheering you both on for sure. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. So Savannah, if anyone wants to follow your journey, with your horse, where can they find you? My Instagram is sav, S-A-V dot embly, E-M-B-L-Y. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for today. We'll be following your story and we can't wait to meet you at the makeover.
Yes, I'm excited to meet y'all too. Thank you. Thank you. Best of luck. Bye. Thank you. You too. Bye. Well, we have Leandra joining us from New Vocations to what usually in this segment is the Winter Circle Adoptable Horse of the Week. But you guys, we have breaking news. So breaking that I don't even know. I don't even know what you're going to talk about. So tell us, Leandra, about (laughs) what your secret is. The secret is that the listeners of this program are going to be the only ones who know the list and the horses who will be in the riding segment at our open barn and barbecue. So you'll be getting exclusive access to the information before anybody else, including our featured speaker at the event, Nick Larkin, knows who the horses are. And only one of them is actually up on the website right now, and that is the horse named Nick and Zoe, who is a 2016 gelding, who we think will be a really cool dressage prospect. And we invite you all to take a peek at his information online. He is a really goofy, lighthearted guy, but I'll get right into the thick of it. The other ones who are totally exclusive at this point are named Incinerate, Lacondor, and Sandor. So Incinerate is a 16-16-1 hand, dapple gray, beautiful, unraced horse who the vet has projected as being high-level capable. He's really uphill, brave, quiet on trails. We think that he's going to be an outstanding jumper, dressage, maybe even a venter prospect. And we're really excited about what he's going to do. Okay, let me jump in here because that (laughs) is one of the greatest racehorse names I've heard. Incinerate. Thinking that, Jamie. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Imagine coming through the starting gate with incinerate. Like you're going to win. That is legit. You just have to win. I like like the one word names. Yeah. Yeah. Announcing that going into a show ring. So Leandra Cooper riding incinerate. I mean, if I'm your competition in that event, I'm just going to go home at that point. Yeah, no, that's a great name. Okay. Who else we got? Le Condor, who is a German bred 2015 gelding has only had three starts and just wasn't competitive. He comes in at a whopping 16, three hands. He is just about black in appearance, super, super dark bay. And he has this big barrel. He has big joints. He is big everything. So he is a horse that screams dressage, even hunters. He's a really nice mover. He's light in your hands. And he is another really easygoing personality. I could hand the lever up to my dog and he would follow him around. You wow. couldn't ask Gosh, for a better mouth. Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome, sign me up. Yes. Oh, my gosh. 100%. <laughs> You are going to be floored when you take a look at him since y'all will be there. He just, he's a horse you can't look away from. He's gorgeous. Next on the list for our exclusive horses is, if you're a Game of Thrones fans, you will even appreciate this name more, Sandor the Hound. Sandor the Hound himself. It's the Hound? Oh my gosh. It's the Hound. I'm a joke. Jamie's bringing home another horse after this weekend. (laughs) No, so far all of these have sounded pretty darn good. No. (laughs) It is a really catching list. So Sandor is a 2012 gelding as well with 28 starts. So he's had a little bit more time on the track, but he also comes with no soundness issues. 
he has been a horse who really surprised me. So his owner made sure that he came in in the best condition that he could, but he had spent some downtime. And so he had this really thick coat and he wasn't one who I immediately thought across the field, wow, look at that one. But I ended up body clipping him just to get, let the oils come through and get his coat shining and all of that. And it was like this show horse popped up from underneath all of the hair. And he has that same big build at 16.3, big joints, big barrel. And he is a lovely mover. I could see him going in pretty much any direction. And he is dead quiet. And he doesn't mind. He has the pressure washing going on. And we're getting the boards all cleaned up for the event. My dog's running around, getting underneath his feet and everything doesn't mind it at all. So whereas he came in looking sort of more grunge like the Sandra the Hound that we know from the show, he has <laughs> cleaned up and he is stunning. That is not what I think of when I think of Sandor the Hound is stunning, but <laughs> big I give. So that's three. So we've got Incinerate, Condor, Sandor the Hound, and who is our fourth winner circle the fourth horse of the one week? is Nick and Zoe, who he's the one where you can go online at this moment, go check him out. You can know everything about him going into it. So Nick and Zoe actually has bowed tendons in both front feet. Um, so he was one, we weren't sure how he was going to come out and get turned around. And what we didn't know when he came into training, what he would do or what he would look like. And, my assistant trainer actually has already done the one of the training level uh, dressage tests with him just to play around with him. He's so eager to learn. He's so easy to work with. And he was one who was recently gelded. So he was a little friskier to start with, but he has concentrated all of that energy right into his work. He's been really a great mount, even on the trail rides. He's one of the most consistent and has really surprised us. So if for nothing else, you should come see Nick and Zoe, how so he, cute. despite having the disadvantage of the tendons, you know, a lot of people will sort of discount them for that, but you'll see even with that, he is a really good looking, nice moving horse. Now, don't forget, where are we going to see all of these? It is at the Open Barn and Barbecue. It is this coming Friday night. And if you're behind in episodes, that is <laughs> April 26th. And, of course, it's the night after the second day of dressage at the Land Rover Kentucky three-day event presented by Mars Equestrian. You're welcome. And you can go see all these four horses. Please get a ticket. Joy's going to be there. I'm going to be there. It's going to be a big party at New Vocations in the barn. You're going to see Nick Larkin. And it's know, open bar, guys. Like, come uh, on. You got to I really go. think you should call it open bar barn and barbecue. You <laughs> really get a draw. Um, but we're all going to be there. So where can people go get tickets? On our website is the best place to grab your tickets and grab them while you can because it does tend to sell out. So snatch them up as soon as you hear this. Horseadoption.com. Leandra, as always, you're awesome to have on. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to meet all these horses. I think Le Condor may be coming to Oklahoma. Just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm fight I won't tell Chad. Just bring your trailer. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Leandra, so much. And we can't wait to meet Thanks all these horses. Thanks, Thank Leandra. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We'll yep. talk to you next time.
Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. You can find our show notes and links to today's guest on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook or on Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio and follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. And you can find me, Jamie, at Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. And you can email Joy at Joy at horseradionetwork.com. We want to thank so much our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, who without them, this show wouldn't be possible. Riding Warehouse, Smooth Stride Jeans, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Joy, it's been real. Six episodes down, six more to go. Crazy. So don't forget, guys, make sure you to love and learn from every ride and spay, neuter, and geld. Bye, guys. See you at Land Rover. <laughs> <laughs>